0: From the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave comes television's next great groundbreaking drama.
1: I'm trying to find out who killed our son.
0: One crime will affect so many lives.
1: You need to be the voice for people who do not have a voice.
0: American Crime, series premieres Thursday, March 5th at 10, 9 central on ABC. And experience the weekly American Crime podcast hosted by Elvis Mitchell with an inside look at each episode. Subscribe now at podcast1.com slash American Crime.
2: I can't see me loving for nobody like you life. for all my life Hello oh, everybody
1: If ever we could have a song, Nando, <laughs> this would be it
2: Hello everybody, welcome to the Blacklist After Show here on After Buzz uh, I am your host for this week, uh, Nando Velasquez And you can reach me on Twitter at Nandovel, N-A-N-D-O-V-E-L And across from me just, Just you and me You kid. and me, we got a room. They've been telling us to get a room for a while. <laughs> there it is. It's our room. It's our room. What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? It's Julia Carolee. <laughs> Hi,
1: everybody.
2: And you can find her on Twitter at, <laughs>
1: at my name, Julia Carolee. Awesome. J-U-L-I-A-C-E-A-R-L-E-Y.
2: And if you're watching us, we're we're in studio A today, which means we're streaming live on YouTube. They so m- hopefully moved they, on they moved us up. They got we got rid of the extra
1: weight. <laughs> we <knows the> must <laughs>
2: And they've moved us on up. But, uh, if you're tuning in live, great. Thank you so much for tuning in live. We're on YouTube streaming right now. We just tweeted out, uh, the link and, uh, you can che- check out there. But chances are, if you're listening to this and it's not live, you won't be able to. So it's all good. Also, you can continue the conversation on, uh, our hashtag, uh, ABTV Blacklist, I believe. It's on the lower third. I can, mm-hmm. I can't see it right now. And, uh, yes, we're missing two people. We're missing Joe Braswell. We're missing Joe San Filippo. They have both been victimized by the deer hunter. Because they're big men, they fit the and profile. We've
1: been eating their livers.
2: You've been eating their <laughs> livers. Uh, before we move forward to talk about the show, let me talk about another show that's coming up—a very exciting show. Uh, and let me start by saying, hey, so Julia, so what if you if you had a son, and what happened? What would happen if he was murdered? Oh god. And your daughter arrested. Oh no! And your child framed. No. <laughs> and your this other child, awful. your son, your daughter, and your other child. Where does the truth lie? Tell w- me. One crime will affect so many lives in the television event. It's called a television event of the year, and and you know we're, we're making it a little dramatic, but it's actually a really good show. It's it's uh, ABC's groundbreaking new TV series called Amer- uh, called American, American crime. crime, and it premieres next Thursday, March fifth mm-hmm. at ten. 9 Central and it's on ABC as I said before the series is created by John Ridley he is the Oscar winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave the movie that won the Oscar last year brilliant and it stars Felicity Huffman from Desperate Housewives fame and a fabulous actress and uh, Timothy Hutton, another great person and centers around issues such as race, class and gender politics. So be sure to check it out. It's going to be next Thursday on ABC. Again, 10, 9 Central. Don't uh, don't forget you also got Blacklist on Thursday yeah. nights too.
1: But uh,
2: yeah. You, you can balance. That's what DVR is for. You can balance it out. And then there's also a podcast starring uh, Elvis Mitchell right after that. Go check that out too uh, since you guys like podcasts. But again, just we would like to share the wealth. So, we hope you still listen to us too. Uh, again, Joe and Joe not here, they're both drunk. Uh, I just like saying <laughs> that. They're they not- pay? No, we hope they're both okay, they're actually both got stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, nothing, nothing horrible, I promise, nothing too horrible. Just a little sick. Who isn't these days? Who isn't these days? We aren't. We aren't. Not yet. Uh, (laughs) Knock on wood. (laughs) Knock on wood. So far, so good. Let us start with this show. okay? Yes, blacklist. Absolutely, blacklist. So we are talking today about the deer hunter.
1: Number 93. Number
2: 93. Now this is, again, I always want to know about the number of the blacklist, what it signifies, who this person means to red, but apparently this person means absolutely nothing to red based on what we hear. This is more of an FBI uh, case. Case, as we see Lizzie in the opening, uh, in a class in a graduate studies class, going over the profile to mm-hmm. her students and to that little creepy yes, reporter. When
1: did she start teaching? When did she become that awesome that she's now teaching?
2: <laughs> she's not
1: even a year at the academy. <laughs> but okay.
2: When I was a young rookie, and <laughs> let's talk uh, yeah, about it. Let's, let's talk do about it. Some profiling. No, it's stuff that uh, I can understand. That I'm willing to let that go. I, I would imagine that she's qualified enough to have to you know to talk about a case that she's been studying. I just wonder where she has the time to really profile the deer hunter with everything else going on and her getting kidnapped every week and everything. So, <laughs> every week. Yeah, every single week. I have no idea. But uh, there she is telling but she us she made
1: the thing. time to, uh, to, to help the, the future. The
2: Absolutely. Youth. And she... Uh, and, and, you know, it's a really creepy opening scene. You know, as she's talking about the profile, we're seeing more or less this deer hunter in the shadows going Mm -hmm. after their big prey you know she talks about uh you know it's patient calm deer hunters only interested in big men into the sport of it all the ritual of the hunt and then the deer hunter guts them removes their organ with organs with precision and uh she calls these crimes of domination yes and uh, her, her signature, or his signature at this time, because they don't realize it's a girl, even though we see it's a woman uh in the shot, is carving out the liver and then taking a ceremonial bite. So that kind of had us ceremonial both... A
1: ceremonial bite of liver. Of
2: liver. Uh, Gross. There's so much wrong with that.
1: Disgusting. Let me put
2: it this way. We cover Hannibal. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we cover. We see ceremonial bites of liver on the regular, yeah. but for some reason, this one, this freaked one us out. really made me a little crazy.
2: Yes, this one actually kind of got us a little yeah. bit. Yeah, it was a little disgusting. I have
1: a big fat ew on my notes. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, next, Ew.
2: Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what do you what do you think about this, uh, blacklister without, you know, getting to, before we get into all the twists and turns here? Are
1: we talking about the episode in general, or are we talking about this blacklister?
2: Let's, uh, well, you, you know what? Let's me. start. We didn't really talk about the episode, which the we usually like to do. So let's talk about the episode a little um, bit. What are your general impressions of it? Okay,
1: this? so generally, I thought this was something of a. Um, a filler episode but in a good way. Okay. You know, it wasn't it wasn't too deep, it wasn't too overreaching. It was just kind of fun. It was kinda of gross sometimes. Mm-hmm. It had some interesting characters, um, an interesting blacklister this week, kind of kind of two morphed into one, which I thought was a really interesting twist, which you know we'll get to as we as we sort of break down the episode. Um, I kinda of liked the overall theme of reading people okay. that was going on throughout this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's started with that little speech that Red had about you know he's he's survived many a time with his ability to read whether it was reading books or reading people and um, and how that's saved him multiple times and you see how Lizzie sort of employs that throughout this episode and other people as well reading people um, so I, I just noticed that theme throughout I thought that was kind of clever um, and also it, it was an interesting comment on domestic abuse and the, the mental toll that it that it takes on people and um, the brink that it, that it Brings people to and what they're what they what they're willing to do in order to survive. So I thought that was kind of an interesting idea. Why are you looking at I like that? I just very
2: heady. It's just very. You really got deep on this. Whoa. I think. I, I I love it. I was like, wow. I don't think I got that I deep can on get
1: it. Deep, Nando. No, you
2: can get deep. Uh, look. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> Nando. How There's long no, until I
1: stab Nando?
2: There is no one here to protect me. <laughs> there is no one here to protect me. No one at all.
1: Anyway, so but I thought it was a it was a. Uh, fine. It was a fun episode. It yeah. was a fun episode.
2: I, I Well, other than the fact that that liver shot kind of got me a little grossed out. Well, I like I, the gross
1: stuff. I like the gross, the gross
2: stuff. I like getting shocked every now and then. Yeah. I thought this was a really interesting... uh I don't want I, I to call him a blacklister, because I feel like Red had really no interest in this person other yeah. than to help Lizzie out. But,
1: I mean, there are list? Is that just coincidence?
2: I don't know. We still haven't really figured out exactly a little bit in
1: the walk from the screening room to here.
2: Yeah, like what the numbers are. We always are trying to wonder what the significance of the numbers are, but again, this one doesn't even fit like a blacklist. This one doesn't even fit a blacklist that Red would have. I
1: feel like it's usually Red bringing the blacklister to the FBI. Yeah. And then he has some sort of uh, investment in in the capture of this mm-hmm. blacklister. Um I mean, there was a means to an end, in that there was sort of a bargaining chip between he and Lizzie. But yeah. well, because I think it was of that,
2: because of that, I kind of do feel that in a way this is a filler episode because I don't think we will see anything uh, in regards of the villain of the week of mm-hmm. the of the person they're going after. I don't want to call blacklist but in regards to this person, I don't see them coming back. Like not not the person, but I mean the storyline. I don't see... Whatever the big overarching storyline is, I don't think we will hear about the deer hunter again. But I do love this character. I do think it was a very fascinating case. Yes. I did like this case. And, of course, we we definitely, I think, we're talking about how interesting it is now that the harbor master case was open again, too. So it was good to see that move forward. The one thing I probably have a slight problem is, is they teased the hell out of Tom coming back this you week. You have
1: a problem with that.
2: Yeah, I know. You definitely have a, have a problem with that. I have a problem that. with that. I just... Like, I just thought that was not a fair tease no. because we didn't really get to see Tom at all. And it was
1: a big tease. He's like shaving his head, shaving his beard. Yeah, I was ready for that. Yeah, no, no. Dice. So,
2: so that kind of that's a little false advertising. It's I mean, bummer. we we saw him in the clips, you know, previously yeah, on the blacklist. but I but don't trust them. That doesn't count. I <laughs> no, do not trust the show anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still love the show. Yes, just sure. just uh, just a little bummed. just Give
1: me a little Tom, guys. Give me a little Tom. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but anyway, but yeah, I did like this blacklister. Uh Amanda Plummer, I believe, was the uh was the person that played the Deer Hunter copycat as we uh realized. Yes.
1: Uh you know I the, love her. Yeah and I can't look at her without thinking of the opening scene in Pulp Fiction. <laughs> <laughs> That's just my favorite.
2: No, it's she's awesome. And uh you gotta love uh you gotta love that Red and Lizzie are, are working together again. This time Red wants Lizzie to give him information on the Fulcrum. Lizzie's, you know, a horrible liar. A couple of horrible liars in this episode, actually. Uh, Lizzie being a horrible liar, Red not believing it, and Red being willing to help Lizzie out. And because we heard the Red whole...
1: Red p- reading her.
2: Red reading uh, her. Uh, yeah, there you go. You, see?
1: I'm, I'm, I'm getting it.
2: I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. <laughs> go ahead, sorry. Oh, no, no, it's cool. I like it. I'm writing it down. Reading. Reading. Yes, I'm reading what I'm reading. Uh, and, yeah, so Red, anyway, wants to give... Lizzie some assistance on the identity of Deer Hunter because Red feels that Lizzie read the profile wrong. Oh! Mm -hmm. Mm. And meanwhile, this way he has something, you know, he's like if I help you here, you tell me about the fulcrum. So Lizzie is allowing him to assist, but she's not buying any of his uh, story.
1: Always a back and forth between those two. Yeah. Always. We've talked about this before, but Uh, it gets a little tiresome. And on end, and on end, yeah. Come on, to what end?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But you know what's interesting about the whole thing is Red does at least open the door for them to start considering things, even if she doesn't believe Red. And it takes the uh, the Metro Crimes Diary guy, yeah, the guy taking photographs who happened to be in the classroom in the beginning of the show too. In
1: graduate seminar that she now teaches.
2: Yeah, I thought that was. I had to. I had to replay that st- scene when we first when he first bumped into Lizzie because he bumped into Lizzie's arm and obviously it meant something because I kept rewinding it but it kept bumping in on that line that we had to rewind knots around the anus I haven't
1: written down knots binding the
2: anus knots binding the what? anus and I just its it was I was a little grossed out because I kept wanting to understand the whole what? the whole bump but I kept hearing that line over and over again and it was annoying it was totally annoying
1: so Kind of knots, like Boy Scout knots. I, I don't want to nautical knots.
2: That's not my cup of tea. Okay. Uh, I'm
1: but just it, wondering. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> I just thought it was very a
2: very odd place for that line to be said uh, during the bump. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, so uh, they go uh, to the ME's office to to see officers. Well, the ME office. To see the uh, the latest victim of the deer mm-hmm. hunter, see that it's been tampered with. The sheet was uh, sheet. was taken over, and they go chasing this guy. I actually thought this guy was the original deer hunter, the way he was talking.
1: You did call that?
2: I did call that. I was wrong, but uh, he Ladies did. And gentlemen,
1: Amanda uh, said he was wrong. Continue.
2: Just take a picture of me right here. You won't get that too often.
1: Uh, no, actually, on the it's pretty.
2: It's for pretty. All often. Of I have no problem being wrong. I'm just not a sore winner when I'm right. That's all. <laughs> Let me take your pen. <laughs> and anyway, so so uh yeah, so anyway, you know, this strikes me really weird weird because here we go we can we can make fun of Lizzie and the task force all we want, but they're incorrect on their information. Red says they're incorrect, and then you got this guy who works in this, you know, tabloid dirt sheet, you know, uh paper
1: mm-hmm.
2: who says, Oh yeah, it's a copycat. And all of a sudden, they start realizing, oh, Ding. this Light guy's ball. right. Red was kind of right in the sense that, you know, Red figured out I was a woman. But, but, you know, everyone's right and Lizzie is wrong. So,
1: So who should be teaching the graduate seminar now?
2: Maybe the Metro Crime, uh, so. Diary Reporter guy. Perhaps. I don't know. But I did think that was a little odd. Uh, I did like how they figured out yeah, with the copycat. That
1: was cool with the, uh, the different, uh, circumference, I suppose, diameter, the, of the, the bite marks on the, the livers. The
2: bite marks, absolutely.
1: Yeah, that was kind of cool. I like that twist.
2: It was kind of cool. Uh, well, we didn't get to see anyone bite into it again. That's mm-hmm. totally fine by me. But that's all good.
1: Um, Can I just say that this episode was the most amazing Aram episode ever?
2: <laughs> you know, let's yeah, let's we'll we'll finish off on on uh, on the um, deer uh, deer hunter, but oh. let's talk a little bit about some of the other stuff because okay. I did love. Well, I want
1: to talk about. Okay, well, okay, I'm just thinking of it because he's the one who put it together.
2: Yeah, he's the one who put it together too. Well, let's talk a little bit about because um, we, we got other things going on at the same time, and we'll we'll finish off the uh, deer hunter. But let's talk a little bit about let's talk about the the mystery guy on the phone because that's where we left off. At the end of last week's episode, the guy yeah. that Red was talking to. Um, overall, I was a little bummed.
1: We didn't get too much out of it, did we? We
2: didn't get too much out of it.
1: I mean, the biggest thing I feel like he said is, it is happening in the in the very, very first phone call. Yeah. And I was like, what? What's happening? What's happening? But we never... Which
2: was a great TV show back in the 80s or 70s. Oh, you're so much older than me. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, hey, um, hey, hey. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, little bit more. I also, you know, I I did not expect him to be in town, and he was. Um, yeah, that's
2: pretty odd because his uh the area code at least yeah was, the country code was, country code he was in Russia. Yeah.
1: Um, it, I, I don't know. I really felt kind of like eh. About it, yeah. There was nothing that really propelled that storyline forward too much for me. Yeah, we have the the chair tipped over and a little bit of blood. Yeah, I mean, see that he sees Dembe, but
2: he's pissed off because Dembe picks up the phone and not Red because yeah. Red's busy handling business that we'll get into. And but that's all we really get. And that's all we really get. That's it. Really. So, you okay. have no idea who this guy is, and there's no clue, and other than the phone being left off, it's like, this guy could be anybody. This could be a forgotten plot point, yeah. based on what we see. So, I feel like that was a little bit of a... It fell a
1: little short this week. It
2: was a little bit of a letdown. Because, I mean, it
1: was, it was so built up at the end of the last episode, that yeah. I was expecting a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, and that's really all they had to focus on is just get that a little bit more screen time, a little bit more exposition. And so, yeah, the only the only clue we really
2: got really is from him talking with Aram, which is why I wanted to bring this up, too, because this is where, you know, we're seeing definitely a little bit of a love affair with Red and Aram. But it's obvious that Red is just, you know, using his wily ways to get to Aram, to get Aram to do things for him, because, uh, you know, Aram was kind of trying to be by the books with the phone call after, after Dembe got hung up on. And, uh, he said, I need a warrant. And Red's like, you don't need a warrant. Of course, no, of course he doesn't. Of course, of course I, don't. I don't need a warrant. I can just do this. But, uh, you know, playing with his hair. I love the hair comment.
1: So there was some buttering up of Aram, yeah. which seems to be the way to it's hard to, to get him to do things. So we comment on his hair. We call him Agent. And he says, nobody ever calls me Agent. He uh-huh. gets a little excited and spun up about that. We give him a special task. And then there's that that look that Red gives to Navabi, mm-hmm. uh, Agent Navabi, as he's patting uh, Aram on the back. And then the next thing we see is... Navabi is is buttering him up a little bit and yeah. saying stuff about his hair and and um and, and just don't get fat or calls him sec- she calls him sexy.
2: She called him sexy. Yeah, and he so... took him that took him back. Oh yeah. But I think when um when Aram gave Red the address, which was I believe in Park Slope yeah. which if I remember correctly, I am a New You're Yorker. I am I am a New Yorker. I I a New Yorker. There there is a well, there is a large Russian population in Brooklyn which Park Slope is in. So I would think that that might lend to the theory, you know, a little bit more about him being Russian, mm-hmm. but he's in New York. So, yeah, it, that I believe so. And uh, please forgive me if I'm wrong. I've been It's been a couple of years since I've been in New York. And, uh, and it was
1: a mobile phone. It could have the same country code. It could
2: have the same country code. Yeah. But I feel like Park Slope, it, it's interesting that it's in Park Slope. I wonder if there's another in, uh, reason for it to be in Brooklyn. Most everything in the Blacklist seems to be in Manhattan anyway. Yeah. So I'm a little surprised that this was in a different borough. But it kind of does fit the profile. Uh, anyway, yeah, but the one thing that I thought was really, really interesting, remember we, we went back to see it, was when Aram gave Red the address, Red was looking at Navabi, mm-hmm. who was in the side, gave a little a little tilt to the side of the head, if you could see me. If you're not on iTunes, you could see me <laughs> tilt on the side of the head. It's a really good tilt. It's a really good tilt. And Navabi, I think, gave a little, a a little, little recognition. A little yeah, recognition. A little, little something. Yeah, and then Red just tapped Aram on the back, like, good job and then just uh walked off and that was before uh Navabi started flirting with uh Aram. And buttering Aram and up herself. Buttering Aram up. them all sexy. Yeah.
1: I don't know if it was no, I don't know if
2: Aram gave the address at that point. I think it was afterwards. But anyway, yeah. but anyway, that scene was very interesting to me because I it really puts the whole Navabi Aram relationship into question for me because I actually thought there were moments when it seemed like she was warming up to him. I'm not saying they're going to go out anytime soon, but she seemed to be warming up to him. But now now I feel like it's a little more deceptive on How her end. How can you
1: resist Aram's boyish ways?
2: <laughs> well, when we had him on the show, it was really oh, hard to resist his boyish is, ways. I love him, Dude's dude. adorable. He's awesome. I love him. I adore him. He's awesome. Yeah, so he's great. yeah, so I'm really curious to see. Uh, that was a little moment, but I have a feeling that perhaps uh, we will see more on the Aram Navabi thing coming up. Uh, you know, and and see that relationship with Red because I think that's a very interesting angle right now. It seems like Red and Navabi are pulling Aram's st- heartstrings, mm-hmm. <laughs> heart, heart, his strings and his, his heartstrings. Strings, his, his, his heartstrings. Strings. Yeah, they're 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 pulling at him a little bit. Yes. So I'm really curious. But he does have great hair. Sure I, I will say that. I, I definitely, you know, I definitely have concern.
1: P.S. You have a really nice haircut. I know.
2: I, know. I told Braswell I was getting a haircut this week and he doesn't show up. That's, I'm hurt. Uh, All
1: anyway, right
2: well, thank you. You're welcome. Okay. So let's talk about the other a big case that we were definitely looking into, uh, or looking forward to, uh, last week, which is the whole Harbor Master case. You know, we have Wilcox with Samuel Lesko, who is the big thug, uh, bouncer type who is with a bone in his ear that you I just.
1: Mean, come <laughs> You're
2: infatuated. I with was that.
1: so mad. He is—he's is under police custody. <laughs> he is in transport yeah. with the correctional officers. He's uh, under indictment and being interviewed under oath. Mm. And he still has that big friggin' bone hook thing yeah. sticking out of his ear. I feel like that's a weapon of sorts.
2: <laughs> you know, you have a point. I didn't think of it that way, but that is kind of a weapon. That's when it you had you think? A huge hook. Hug. Yeah, that is kind of a weapon.
1: They're shoelaces, yet they give him a bone with a hook sticking out of his
2: ear. Yeah, that's pretty gross. I know. And dangerous. It's pretty gross. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so we have him in custody, and he's obviously, he had a bone to pick with Olesko. Oh, 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 punny, very punny. Very punny to Oh, boy, me. We're, yeah, that I day. see that. Uh, anyway, so Olesko is going to rat out uh, Lizzie for immunity, and uh, he's not going to get immunity right away, but he's still going to do it. And Wilcox is an interesting character. Wilcox kind of reminds me of... Uh a cross between like Colum- I think it's Columbo you know like I'm I'm reaching back now to old TV I, I again you know who Columbo is we I think it's Columbo of, or Peter Falk right? yeah Peter Falk and he was always like a little nebbishy and he's always talking a little and you know he's the kind of who, like
1: absent minded absent minded uh, like ah correct me if you're wrong sort of played absent minded Will- but is really on top of it
2: Wilcox kind of has that little attitude he's like very can see it
1: a little bit he's
2: a little like uh, low status but you know he's thinking pretty smartly and, and the way he's talking to Liz He's obviously in a way that doesn't sound like he uh, knows what he's talking about, but he's got all his cards lined up yeah. and he's, he's definitely smart. smart. So, yeah, it was a very interesting take. I
1: kind of like Wilcox.
2: I kind of like him too. And he was such a nice guy at the end of the show, yeah, giving got that a guy little,
1: a little personal side of him too, not oh. just the detective side. Yeah,
2: a little bit. But, you know, he's obviously on the case with Lizzie. And, uh, you know, Lizzie's scared. Lizzie's kind of her game as Wrestler sees. You know, it's not just the acting, it's, she's really off her game on there. And, <laughs> I, I'm not the one that usually does that, that digs on Lizzie's acting, but, or, or Meg's acting, but I did it today. I'm, I say nothing. I know. Okay, I'm in trouble. Uh, <laughs> say nothing. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so Lizzie's obviously concerned, and Red apparently has guys on the, you know, guys on the inside in the corrections office, and, uh, that was a cute little scene with him in the corrections office, talking about when Alessco is being transferred.
1: Oh yes, with our correctional officer Edgar.
2: Yes, and uh Edgar's wife obviously knows what kind of food. <laughs>
1: the Way to Red's Heart.
2: The Way to Red's Heart and <laughs> Bake Your Way In. And Red'll take his wife if uh, if he ever leaves <laughs> if the officer will ever leaves him. Yeah, if, if he ever cute. leaves you, Red'll take you. So, uh yeah, so you know, I actually thought Red was going to go in Guns ablaze in, but it was one of Red's typical awesome like, you know, I love it. The door opens up on the uh on the uh uh truck mm-hmm. where they're transporting alesco and edgar says you got 90 seconds and red goes in there with a story as he does <laughs> as he does it's like 90 seconds i got time and he just goes off on his tangent on a story about the old friend of his who had the uh, needed the heart valve transplant and then uh, it goes right yes. into alesco's brother needing a similar kind of treatment so, I actually thought for some reason Red was going to threaten him or bribe him. Well, he did bribe him.
1: Oh, he definitely bribed but, him.
2: But with something more like money. But he actually kind of... Uh, he pulled, pulled at his heartstrings. Strings. Aww.
1: So, the killer... Another theme. The
2: killer pulled on liver strings and... <laughs> Everyone else is pulling on heartstrings. Uh, yeah, I thought that was actually a cute moment. Even with the bone in his ear, it was really—I think—it was a really good acting job. Yeah, by, I think he did a great By job. too. He's he,
1: the guy who plays Alessio. I, I apologize; I didn't have time to look up his name. But yeah. every scene he's been in from the from the very beginning, when he was still a sort of bodyguarding Tom, yeah, um, not bodyguarding, but uh, bouncing, bouncing, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> car, uh, you know, <laughs> the whole guarding,
2: the door. guarding, working the door. There's a red carpet. It's <laughs> a little. There's a little velvet rope and. He's He's just letting people in. But
1: he has a definite character. A little like shout-out to what he's doing with his character. He yeah. like he really built a, a solid character, and you feel a little backstory to him. Yeah. And uh, now he has uh, an actual story story, and I'm really liking it. I look forward to him being on screen.
2: Well, uh, you know, if he is going to be on screen again, because uh, whatever Red did worked, and he he clammed up. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't remember, I don't recall, he, he pulled his best, uh, what's the name of that Seattle Seahawks <laughs> guy who can't talk? Uh, to the media.
1: Oh God, which one? I'm I gonna can't. say it wrong because I'm a nine. Yeah, student. never mind,
2: it's okay. Is it uh, but anyway, yeah, it is. Is
1: it Marshawn Lynch?
2: Yeah, it's Marshawn. Okay. Yeah, just like Marshawn. I'm just here because uh, I'm just here because I, w- I don't want to get fined. It's a great question. Thank yeah, you for yeah it's a great question. Thank you for asking. <laughs> so, uh absolutely. So yeah. So Alesco pulls his best Marshawn interview uh, impression and uh, question, doesn't And Wilcox has egg on his face in front of the AUSA. In front of the American attorney. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Red saves the day. What I thought was interesting was, um, Lizzie and never he told Red.
1: the phone call in order to make that happen. That's is, how important this was to Red to get Lizzie off the hook. He misses this very important call. And that's phone an
2: call. interesting point, considering how important the fulcrum is to mm-hmm. him. And this obviously has something to do with this endgame that we still don't have any idea, but this is obviously very motivational and it's important to Red. But yet he felt compelled to save Lizzie's hide over Finding this guy and getting more information, Mm -hmm. finding, figuring out what exactly is happening.
1: And risking pissing this guy off. And she did. And
2: it's, it's kind of, I don't know, I I almost want to say it's a little bit poor judgment on, on his, I mean, we don't know what this thing is that Red's after other than Fulcrum. Uh, but I would just feel like based on other episodes, like I feel like sometimes he's willing to sacrifice certain things, but he's not willing to sacrifice Lizzie. Lizzie. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting dilemma. And when we find out exactly what it is he sacrificed, maybe it will make more sense. Better
1: be good. (laughs) Better be worth it.
2: It better be good. (laughs) It better be good. We want the payoff. Uh... Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, so, uh, yeah, Red, Red ends up rescuing Lizzie. Lizzie didn't seem to know that Red was helping her out, but, uh, but Red knows everything. It's got enough people on the take, so he figured it out. Uh, yeah, so that pretty much is that storyline. Uh, we'll talk about the, the end result of that at the very end, but let's talk a little bit more about the deer hunter. Yeah. Cause I thought a fascinating character played by Amanda Plummer, as we said. Uh, so she ended up being more of a vigilante. She was a copycat. And a vigilante helping women who had stalker, stalkers, husbands, people who were harassing them. These big men were, were, um, bothering them. And we ended up finding out that, uh, that Tracy Spur, uh, Spur Sulabakin? Oh, I should look at, I should read my notes before I say names randomly. <laughs>
1: you were kind of close. I was really kind of close.
2: No, not really. even close at all,
1: but kind of not really. But anyway, we found
2: out that she actually was the first victim. Well, she no, I, she, she we killed find her out husband.
1: Her husband was the original deer hunter. Yes, that so. she was married and terrorized by the original deer hunter.
2: Yes. So, which totally threw my whole thing about the Metro Diary guy. Uh, but it was an crying. interesting theory. It was an interesting theory.
1: Uh, so we find out that her husband was a deer hunter, um that his father was a bastard. <laughs> and so pushed speak. him to the brink yeah. and she found out who he was and she wound up killing him mm-hmm. and in killing him this vigilante side of her was sort of unleashed yeah. and now she felt as though she kind of had a duty she said sort of in the, in the very beginning I don't like this to her many many cats and birds
2: Many, many cats and birds. Many,
1: many, many. That cats kind and of birds. you know
2: what? For some reason, that freaked me out because I know I know a lot of single ladies with lots of cats There's and cat birds, one. and I'm just, it just makes me think like, oh my god, what are they going to turn into when they get to this age? Um, <laughs> no, oh no. But uh, if you have cats and birds, I apologize. But uh, it's still, it was a very creepy character overall to begin with, and then it turned out she had a good side to her. But it was still, well, a good side, a good a vigilante side, in the fact that she was protecting other women.
1: What I thought was really interesting when she said to Lizzie is that she didn't have a choice. It was sick and disgusting, but that's how he did it. And beyond the grave, he still pulls the strings.
2: Uh, uh, strings again. Strings again. Interesting. I'm surprised ah. we keep saying strings. There. Strings and
1: readings. Strings and readings. Strings
2: and readings. That's weird. But uh, yeah, I wrote that down too. That I thought was a that was scary interesting.
1: to me. You know, that's why I was talking in the very beginning. Of my initial impressions mm-hmm. is just the the mental toll that domestic abuse, physical, mental, emotional, can really have on a person. Yeah.
2: Well, she definitely unraveled when uh, when Resler and Lizzie were getting closer and closer, and they went to that last victim's uh, wife, and mm-hmm. uh, you know they figured out she was lying. They read her. She was a bad liar too, and, uh, and they had her stew a little bit, and then they found out that, a uh, white, what was it, the white, uh, white something.
1: White, white Haven, Haven shelters. shelters!
2: Yes, when they figured out White Haven Shelters. Then we got to see, uh, we got to see Tracy, the deer hunter, the with, with wife, you know, start to freak out a little bit. Talking mm-hmm. to her birds, and wondering and many, if many people are gonna, many, many cats, and wonder if they're gonna betray her. Uh, I really did love that speech. After she caught Lizzie, well, is he getting captured again?
1: Uh, Someone's got to be captured every episode. <laughs> I mean, it's just—it's the formula. With now. a
2: shovel, I, I loved it. With a shovel, yeah, that was pretty awesome. Actually, got hit with a shovel, and uh, and the uh, victim's wife got hit with a cutting board. And oh, looked, that
1: big butcher block! That, that, looks, bit, that one looks even more painful than the show. Yeah, that those things painful. are heavy.
2: I did love the uh, the scene when Lizzie starts fighting back, and uh, and Tracy knocks out that weight that lifts Lizzie yes. up. That was a pretty cool shot.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. And um, my favorite Lizzie is when Lizzie is pretending to be someone else. Awful to say. But when she goes kind of undercover, even for this brief moment, mm-hmm. when she uh, switches and reads people, reading yeah. again, but um, <laughs> you know, panders to what they need in order to. For her to get what she needs. Okay. So when she was hanging and she switched it on, she became the abuser, you know, like her husband, like, like, uh, like what's her name? Tracy's Tracy, Tracy, yeah, Tracy's, like Tracy's husband, husband was yeah. and got to her mentally that way and sort of made that, that switch switch on. That didn't make sense. But you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, so she got a little careless. So those are my favorite Lizzie moments. We saw it. We've seen it many times when she goes undercover for a moment, plays a different character for a second. Yeah,
2: she's agitating. She was looking to agitate Tracy. Tracy. To making to making a foolish move, which she did, yeah, and I, and she was reading her at the same time. I mean, I loved I her it comments. Was the it was great,
1: coolest Lizzie scene of this entire episode. Yeah,
2: I think it was the coolest Lizzie she's scene I've seen in a while. She's a little
1: menacing, and I love it when she does this.
2: Yeah, and I, I think kudos to both uh, Megan Boone and, and Amanda Plummer in that scene because I loved the setup that Amanda Plummer did, and it really was she enough plays for crazy so well. and, and it was enough for uh, Megan Boone to to react like that and say, "You are your husband. You get." kicks out of this you know you're not doing this to be a vigilante you're actually you're you're loving it yourself yeah. You're just like your husband which forced tracy to attack lizzie and then next thing you know lizzie what was really interesting was lizzie tells uh lizzie tells uh tracy you're just like your husband and then tracy rushes lizzie lizzie grabs her straddles her around the neck and then, and then you said, you know you were I'm so
1: proud of myself for a moment, and then they flash back,
2: and then they flash back that it looked just like when Tom killed the harbormaster, and then they flash back to Tom killing the harbormaster, and it looks like Lizzie's turning into her husband in the sense that here she is trying to kill uh." kill Tracy. And it's a
1: way that the abuser sort of weasels his or her way into your mindset and things that trigger you and and your your go-to reactions.
2: Yeah. It's who we become. I I think it's really fascinating, especially the the whole backstory of Tracy and the Deer Hunter, the fact that the Deer Hunter definitely had a father that was a bastard, that was very abusive. And even though the Deer Hunter himself didn't want to turn into his father, he did. Mm -hmm. And he started abusing... You know, doing his thing, and then Tracy killed him, but turned into him as well. And the cycle continues. I thought yeah. that was really, really it's interesting. Thought. It is very disturbing to think about that. But you know, it, it, it's you know, it's just what it is yeah. in a way. And and I think the fact that Wrestler came in and rescued Lizzie. I guess that was meant to imply Risley was, Lizzie was turning into Tom too. Was starting to maybe cut corners and do her own thing and Resler was able to save her. But she was very troubled. In fact, I thought it was very interesting to see her in, uh, by the police station after Wilcox was walking out. I actually thought maybe she was expecting to get turned in or or to turn herself in. Well,
1: at that point, I think her I think she was thinking of turning herself in because at that point she didn't know that Red had gotten to him. Yeah. That he had changed his story. So, as far as she knew, like, her goose was cooked.
2: <laughs> I think, I, I feel like, yeah, maybe she was definitely there contemplating something. So, she has a heavy heart. Well, she
1: said she was going to go to him. She yeah. was prepared to do it. And I think that was her sort of building up the courage. hmm But then it was interesting how they showed him talking to the homeless man, giving him money, giving him uh, an opportunity for shelter, and that seemed to sort of sway her in a way, I don't know, in a good way or a bad way. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why, I mean, it was nice for Wilcox's character, I just don't. I don't know what the point was yet, but we'll see more of him because he's really awesome. And um, yeah, I feel like the, to I
2: feel like the Harbor Master case is not over because Wilcox knows at this point oh, what well, happened. Yeah. He just needs to get proof.
1: Absolutely. So
2: he's on the case.
1: He'll stop at nothing.
2: Yeah, and I think a little Columbo. Our little Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess the big thing to come out of this episode regarding uh, just the main storylines that we're seeing this season is Lizzie confesses to Red that she has the fulcrum the and bunny fulcrum. yeah the bunny fulcrum <laughs> and hashtag bunny fulcrum. hashtag bunny fulcrum <laughs> and uh red wants to protect lizzie but lizzie's still not she she tells him but she's still not 100 percent trusting about him but i think the fact now that red knows lizzie has a fulcrum and again it makes the whole mystery caller thing curious because it just makes me wonder like where this guy comes back in or how he comes back in now that red knows about the fulcrum that he knows where the fulcrum is so i don't know i believe we covered just about everything from this episode I think uh so. i think so right
1: you guys will tell us if we didn't
2: i'm sure <laughs> i'm sure you guys will uh yeah so i think maybe we should move let's let's talk about some predictions and figure out what this is right yeah we will do that
0: and now your after buzz tv all right, so let's do something
2: different today, okay? We're gonna go with Joe. Bra- oh, Joe's not here. Okay, we'll go with. Jo- oh no, he's not here. Oh. All right, well, Julia, you're next on the list. So wow, let's go all right. with you. <laughs> what else is new?
1: Um, I'm gonna be honest going in. I don't really have this. This episode didn't give us too much to go on, so I really don't have that amazing stellar well, prediction we, ideas. We
2: think Tom's coming back.
1: <laughs> well. So, I don't um, trust that In regards them. to Tom, I'm wondering, I'm thinking, okay, I'll just predict it. I could be very wrong on this one. But I I, I will say that Tom is the one who, um, I don't know if it's killed, but abducted the guy on the other f- uh, the other line of the cell phone. Okay. Okay. So that's He looks
2: like he was abducted. Yeah. I, I, well, yeah, I, I don't no know. there's no body,
1: so there's some blood, but so it's, I'm just going to say abducted instead yeah. of killed.
2: There's blood, it's uh, the chair's overturned. So, I mean, in that sense, I guess he could come back in some kind of way. So I'm
1: going to say Tom is the one who intervened and abducted this mystery mm. guy. On the other side, of that's the
2: that's actually a really good. You, can, you you know you always for all you're like I have the predictions, but then you slam with something like that. And it's being like so all nice right, because
1: there's no one to protect it. <laughs> um, I also think um, I, <laughs> I also think uh, that we're gonna maybe delve a little bit more into what the relationship is between Red and Navabi. Okay. You know, because they gave a a very particular aside look to each other. Yeah, I they're working a rom together. It feels like a little bit like they have a common interest somewhere along the lines. And he, let's not forget, he's the one that brought her into this task force. Yeah, and she's always on his side. Remember, he gifted her that guy who killed her brother. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, I think. It's time to just sort of flush out that relationship a little bit more.
2: Yeah, I do just feel like I do feel like uh, I think it's about time that we see what the game that's yeah. being played between Aram, Red and Navabi and see yeah. what this relationship really is and see. You know, let's get something, like at least some some, some honesty going on here yeah. as to what's going on with this relationship. Because we're
1: always rooting for, because we love Navabi. She's amazing. We're we always love, rooting for her, but I, yeah. I sort of forget what her place is there.
2: Well, we love both characters. We well, love, love but- Navabi and, and, well, yeah, but we love, in this case, we love Navabi and we love Aram. I we love totally him. love Aram. And, you know, we obviously want to see, you know, we want to see a lot more of these fun scenes between the two of them. I'm, I'm not sure, you know, what's going to come up next. But I'm really curious now. I loved Red playing with a ROM too. That was really fun, too. So, oh, yeah, yeah I, I want to see more Aram.
1: I also predict that somebody on the task force will be kidnapped next season. Their next episode. As well, they are every episode. Well,
2: for those of you who do not like looking at scenes for next week, I mean, someone does get kidnapped or captured. Oh, do they? Yes, they do. But it's not the task force. You don't remember. You don't remember. You're, you're great with predictions, for but you can't remember when you see stuff on the show. I, I <laughs> love not... how you made a prediction, but it's like something that kind of happened in scenes for next week. And you're like, okay. Uh,
1: <laughs> You'll have to write
2: it down. You'll tell me later. No, no, well, you know, here's uh, just tune out for 10, 15 seconds if you S- uh, seconds. if you don't like to see scenes from next week. Who gets kidnapped? Red.
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Fair you know, um, before we end, there's one other thing I just want to bring up. Another question I want to ask you because I, I think it, it fits in with predictions. Huh. So one of the last things that we heard uh, Red say to Lizzie is that Lizzie doesn't want to give Red the fulcrum because she's afraid
1: mm-hmm. that
2: once she does, Red is going to dispose of her. And she doesn't want Red to disappear.
1: She will be of no use to him, and she'll be afraid that she'll never see him again.
2: Yeah. So what do you think about that theory, about that line? I think he's her father.
1: No, I don't. (laughs) Still don't. (laughs) Still don't.
2: Yes, you do. Um, I
1: mean, it's a theme we've been talking about throughout this entire episode is people reading between the lines and reading reading their characters and and their demeanor. And there's such a back and forth always. Mm -hmm. I mean, we talk about it all the time. There's such like the I love you. I hate you. I love you. I hate you. Help me. Don't help me. Um, But she's she's sort of the one. He's sort of the one constant to her. Yeah. Um he's the one that keeps things interesting for her. Mm-hmm. Um so I you know, I think there's a lot of truth to that statement. Oh,
2: well, I think I do agree with the truth. That there's always that little push-pull, that little tension. It doesn't have to be sexual necessarily, but mm. there's that tension between the two of them. It's like I love you, I hate you. I love you, I hate mm-hmm. you. You know, I want to work with you. Stop you helping disgust me. me. Help
1: me. Stop helping me help yeah, me.
2: exactly. Or even the thing with you and me. Um, <laughs> I
1: hate you. I love you. I hate you. I love you.
2: Exactly. So uh, there is something to be said for that. So I could see that being, you know, that making sense. But uh, well, I thought she's it was
1: sort of. He's sort of the only family she has. Family. Or any.
2: <laughs> with the air Ties courts.
1: that she has to her past, yeah, so she she doesn't want to lose that mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I think there's a lot of truth in that statement, okay, well, I'm really what do curious. You think?
2: I think uh, i I just love that statement because I thought it was a really good dig to Lizzie, you know, like Lizzie's like, oh wow, really you know, like I, I'm sure Lizzie's just like rolling her eyes at that, but at the same time, there is some truth there, oh yeah, because she doesn't trust red. And and obviously the best way to probably get rid of Red is to just give him the fulcrum.
1: I feel like she does trust Red.
2: Yeah, but she does trust Red. But, but she, she pretends keeps... not to. Yeah,
1: exactly. Like she forgets that he's a criminal.
2: Exactly. But if she gave him the fulcrum, and if, if that theory was true, Red would just disappear and leave her alone. Yeah. But we know that's not going to happen because Red seems to be too protective of her.
1: Well, yeah.
2: You know, we know as an audience, she doesn't know that. I don't think she still figures it out. But because anyway. he's her father. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> You're just covering your butt by saying both. Uh Never, <laughs> guys. Uh, I believe that's about it for us. Wait, what's uh, your the- prediction? Oh, what's my prediction? Yeah. Oh God, do I have a prediction? Come on, what's
0: what you got? I predict
2: Tom's coming back next you week. Son of- <laughs> I, I'm terrible. You know, honestly, I'm terrible predictions, and I love ragging. You on prediction because you want to be right so bad. I really I do. don't care. I don't care what I predict. I'll predict whatever. Okay. No, I I don't. All right. The only one I care about is uh, the following: if when Weston becomes a follower, then I'll be really happy. That's he the only one I care about.
1: In last episode,
2: Blacklist, remember? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there we go. Um, I can't think of what to predict. Um. I like the fact that Red. I want to see more of the Bobby, and, and I really love the one you said. Honestly, I hate to I hate to admit it, but I really oh love the God, one you said about you are Tom just kidnapping coded
1: in kindness tonight.
2: I, I I know it pains me. <laughs> it pains me, but I really, I, it, it, I, you know, it's the only way we could see this guy again is if it's someone we know that abducted him. So that's why I think it makes sense that yeah. it's Tom. Thanks, Nanda. So, congratulations.
1: You heard it here, folks.
2: You heard it here first. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh guys, please rate us and uh sub- and comment on iTunes. Uh we'd love to see some more new comments. Uh yeah. I know I know we don't have the full crew here uh this week, but hopefully we held up the fort the two of us. I hope so. With our with We're our, our sexual tension. Oh, God. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in the meantime, Shh. and continue the conversation on uh, our hashtag, which is ABTV uh, the black, or ABTV blacklist.
1: Black.
2: No the. no the in there. And uh, yeah, and you can reach Joe K. Braswell at Joe K. Braswell on, on Twitter. Twitter. And Joe Flippo at Joe Flippo. Mm-hmm. Where can we follow you and reach you? Uh,
1: Instagram and Twitter with my name, Julia Carly, Like I said before, J-U-L-I-A-C-E-A-R-L-E-Y. Okay. And you, Nando.
2: And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nandovel. That's N-A-N D-O-V-E-L You can also find me here on AfterBuzz for a, a bunch of other a shows. shows A bevy of man. shows We're doing The Walking Dead I'm doing Scorpion uh, Just started doing Survivor Very, very excited about that And uh, me and the Joes are going to be doing Bates Motel coming next week and, I'm not in
1: that and, gang And you
2: know what, it's kind of official no girls allowed. I'm kind of official, I'm the only one from the group But I'm jumping back in the following <sighs> Because I'm a glutton for punishment. Well, I
1: will tune in and hear what you guys have to say and keep my comments to myself and off the air.
2: Yes. So anyway, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, tune in next week. Well, we hopefully have a full panel and Please. we'll talk more Blacklist.
0: Goodbye. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network.